0: kitchen and welcome to grit grace and coffee grinds you're listening to episode 18 this is a podcast intended to compel the army of God to love and protect the church folks love is a battlefield and sometimes we just need a pause sharpen our sword drink a good cup of joe and remember that we are not fighting in this war alone we all want to make an impact for the Lord for our families for our churches and of course ourselves Every other Friday, we talk here about one way to do that well, and today is no different. Welcome to 2021. And 2020? Well, good riddance to you, sir. This past holiday season, I was reminded of the importance to fight the enemy practically and not just philosophically. And rather than brushing that lesson aside as an afterthought, I chose to lean into it. My mantra, stand your ground, speak truth, live victoriously, sounds great at first, but how do we stand? Or better yet, why are we standing and not attacking? How are we able to think truth when we are bombarded with an incessant barrage of lies day in and day out? Living victoriously sounds wonderful and all, but do you mean today, right now? How do I know when I've actually won? These are really great questions, and I'm going to do my best to answer those and many more in the coming year. Listen in. For those of you who don't know, I am not much of a small talk person. I'm more of a get to the point already person. Maybe it's because I don't like wasting time, or maybe it's because I wasn't even introduced to small talk until I went to college. Either way, I like getting to the point quickly. So, without further ado, let's tackle part of the question How are we able to think truth when we are bombarded with an incessant barrage of lies day in and day out? For every lie, there is a truth, and for every counterfeit, there is a genuine. The practice of this is rather twofold. First, you must not focus on the lie. That can be the real challenge sometimes. Our flesh has an insatiable desire to feed on the lie, focus on it, and give it our full attention until we take the bait and are led away and give in to the belief that the lie is the actual truth and then make decisions from that truth. Um, can I say dangerous? The second part is to determine if there is any truth to the trap set, and if not, disregard it entirely through prayer and by the blood of the lamb. So first, we must not focus on the lie or the assumption that it is the truth. I'm going to tell you how I approach this, and then you can decide what strategy works best for you and your situation. James five sixteen says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. We are not In this war alone, we need each other. Of course, it's hard to admit that you need help, but Jesus put us on earth for each other. It's most certainly not easy for this cowgirl to admit defeat or that she can't handle the enemy on her own. But the truth is, sometimes God allows bigger temptations to come into our lives to give us the opportunity to ask for help outside of ourselves because he knows we wouldn't do it otherwise. I ask for help. I ask for prayer. I confess the lie I am prone to believing in that moment to my husband, a very close friend, or even a sibling. Guess what? Not once did they make me feel weak, fragile, not tough enough, or laugh at me. They listened. They showed me the lie I was believing And why it was a lie and not the truth. They prayed with me. The neatest thing about this spiritual practice is that the enemy cannot stand being around a humble soldier because humility beckons the Holy Spirit closer. That's right. As soon as you decide to confess your faults one to another and ask for help, the enemy disappears, which makes step two much, much easier. With the enemy out of the picture and prayer on your side, you can now turn to Philippians 4.8 and lean into this new rich piece of truth. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think. Think. On these things, this verse tells us exactly what to think on. You need to filter that lie the devil was taunting you with through this truth. We are only supposed to think on things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, or like can it be repeated, virtuous, or morally excellent, and praiseworthy. What a filter, right? Let's start. I will provide a personal example of this so you understand its awesome powers. In the summer of 2019, I was scrolling through Facebook and noticed that a marriage union had taken place between a daughter of a close friend and a man I had never met before. I know you're getting ahead of me. Don't do it. Stay with me. She looked stunning as she gazed into the eyes of her new partner for life. They were outside in a garden area, laughing at each other. I was surprised, hurt, and a little embarrassed. I had not been invited to the wedding. I didn't even know she was engaged. I was also embarrassed because it did occur to me that it was extremely childish to be hurt by a wedding picture on Facebook. But that feeling went away, along with any spiritual reason, and was quickly replaced with the hurt again. So the long, spiritually deep conversations, the jamberry nail parties, the game nights, all of that didn't grant me access to an invitation? I guess not. What did I do? Uh, Really, how hard is it to send pictures? Was my friendship that meaningless now? Whoa, kill the motor, Anna. Enter Philippians 4, eight and bring some truth into the equation. What is the lie I am believing? I am rejected, my friendship is dispensable, and my value is worth as much as a wedding invitation. Yikes! First filter. Is it true? Are the lies I am believing absolutely, without any doubt, true? Well, I was never told I was rejected or that my friendship is dispensable. I was also never told by anyone in the family I am not even worth a postage stamp on a wedding invite to them. I am perceiving all of this from a picture of a girl in a gorgeous white gown smiling up at the love of her life as they pose for their photo op. Second filter. Is it honest? Of course not. I am not rejected. I am accepted in the beloved. I am worth more than a postage stamp to the son of God. His love for me cost him his very lifeblood. Third filter, is it just? In other words, is it morally right or fair to think this of the bride? Um, short answer, no. I remember my wedding day and the insanely busy months leading up to it. Did I exclude some people who thought they would be invited? Most likely. I had a budget to adhere to, a limit of attendees, and horrible weather to factor in. I am not being fair to her or myself by believing these baseless lies. And that's all, folks. That's all there is to it. Sometimes I don't even get to the final filter and ask myself if it's praiseworthy before I am convicted and realize the devil's scheme. Let's do ourselves a favor and think on Veritas. Thanks for listening to episode 18 of Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, I post weekly to Instagram, where you can find me at author Anna McCutcheon, and you can also find me over at com. We provide a transcript for each episode, so if you know someone who either can't hear or prefers reading to listening... You can download the transcript at AnnaMcCutcheon.com slash podcast. Just click on episode 18 for this one. George Washington has the honor today of closing this episode out. Associate yourself with men of good quality if you esteem your reputation. Be not apt to relate news if you know not the truth thereof. Speak no evil of the absent, for it is unjust. Undertake not what you cannot perform, but be careful to keep your promise. There is but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. Nothing but harmony, honesty, industry, and frugality are necessary to make us a great and happy nation. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.